0: Let's pray. Father, I thank you that our country has set aside tomorrow to remember the some that have given all. All have given some, but some have given the ultimate sacrifice for this nation. And for many of us, God, we are so, uh, disconnected from those who have lost, uh, loved ones. And tomorrow is just like any other day. In fact, it's a holiday and we go on and we do lots of different things and we don't pause. We don't remember. I pray for the, the families who grieve. Or I pray that you would sustain them, that you would encourage them, that you would use churches, Christians who uh, are connected with them to to hug and to love them. But Father, thank you for their sacrifice and, and Lord, the the opportunity we have to gather here today without fear and to worship the one and only God of the universe. Help us not to take that for granted. God, we pray for believers in other places whose lives are at risk as they gather corporately to worship. God, strengthen their backs. May their testimony... Be salt and light to those their to their enemies who want to kill them, and among uh, them, them who are watching God, I pray that you would call out Sauls who you will turn into apostle Pauls. Thank you, Father. Thank you for this time to remember, and now we want to take this time to remember. You, Your Son, and the ultimate sacrifice that He gave for us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to take the rest of this um, service this morning and just uh, give you... Uh, some of a devotional thought on, um, Jesus' ultimate sacrifice for us as we prepare, uh, for the supper this morning. Last time I was with you was two weeks ago. It was Mother's Day. And, uh, we talked about Sarah. And, uh, and her imperfections. Uh, she had an imperfect, imperfect husband. Uh, she had an imperfect faith. She had an imperfect Family, but God held true to His promises. And, uh, I mentioned that, you know, Sarah, when God finally came through on the promise of a son, God waited until it was absolutely impossible, physically, humanly, physically impossible for her to have a child. She, she and Abraham had lost. All hope. She is ninety years old. No baby is going to be on the way. But God waited to that point to provide to answer uh, his promise to Abraham and Sarah. And it wasn't it wasn't Sarah's faith that produced the baby. Because you'll know, remember in Genesis chapter 18. When she heard the conversation between um, the Lord's anointed and, and Abraham, she laughed. And it wasn't a laugh of joy. It was a c- cynical laugh. <laughs> yeah, right. And the Lord says, why Why did your wife laugh? It's because she knew it was impossible. And God told Abraham... The Lord told Abraham, I'm going to be back here next year, and you're going to have a son. The son of promise. So it wasn't Sarah's faith. Her faith was really weak. What produced this child was God's promise. God said he was going to do it, and he followed through on his promise. And, and, and guys, this, this is a beautiful picture that we need to, to remember, that we need to realize that God is painting for us when it comes to our salvation. God doesn't save us because of our faith. God saves us because of his promises. God didn't give Abraham and Sarah a son because of their faith. Their faith was pretty weak. It was based on his promise. And I want us to look at John, 1 John chapter 4 this morning. 1 John chapter 4, if you got your Bibles, 1 John is near the back of your Bible. It's a little book. Just before 2 Peter, chapter 4, verse 10. John says this. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a prop- the propitiation for our sins. I've got highlighted in that verse, not that we, but he. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. We aren't saved this morning, church, because of our love for God. We are saved this morning because of his love for us. Bible says that Jesus loved us when we were at our absolute worst, when we were yet sinners. God in his love, Jesus died for us. It's all about God's love, not our love for Him. Because if it was based on our love for Him, I want to ask a question here this morning. How many have perfect love? Your love never fades away. Your love is strong for Him 24-7. Does anybody have that kind of love this morning? We don't don't we? Our love is often sometimes shaky. Kind of like Sarah's faith in Genesis chapter 18. We're not saved because of our love for God. The Bible says in verse 10, we are saved because of God's love for us. That's the gospel it's the salvation in christianity it's not about what we do it's all about what he has already did in giving us his son jesus christ to die on a cross and how many of us get caught up in the performance treadmill you know we're trying to do all these things to show our love for him to maintain our faith to hope that we continue to gain and or find God's approval. There's nothing more friend than that God can possibly do to love you more than he already has he Loves us and our salvation is based upon his love. Isaac didn't come into the world because of Sarah's great faith. Isaac didn't come into the world because Sarah was physically in great shape. The Bible says her womb was dried up. It was dead. It was physically impossible. Isaac came into the world because of what God had promised. And when we come to discover just how crazy God is in loving us, you know what? It changes us. Sarah went from chapter 18 and a cynical laugh to a laugh in chapter 21 where it is just absolute joy. Where she is laughing and and believing that God really came through in what he promised he said he was going to do. And she was so enthusiastic, she was so excited about what God do, that she, God did, that she named her son Isaac. And Isaac means laughter. Nothing but joy. Back in Genesis chapter 18 and 21, God is painting a beautiful portrait of what salvation is all about. Now we come to the New Testament in 1 John chapter 4 and John is telling us it's not our salvation isn't based on our love for him. Our salvation is based upon God's love for us. And when we understand this you know what? it's going to become evident in our life. We're going to want to love other people. Look at verses 7 and 8. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. Love. In this, the love of God has was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. God's love transforms the way we live our life for him. We want to forgive others because of how much... God has forgiven us. We, we are reminded of God's love for us when we're in His Word. My friend, if you're not in His Word on a regular basis, this information, this knowledge um, seeps away. And life gets the best of us. We need to remember how we were saved, that God holds us, and we need to continue to grow in the grace and knowledge of who He is. Because there is never a moment, there is never a moment when you are not loved by Him. We are loved by God every single moment of our life. There's never been a no- moment where he's been loved by you. You are loved by him. And maybe you're questioning that this morning. Maybe you're asking, Pastor, how do I know that he loves me? How we know he loves us and the, the extent of his love is the cross. And he tells us to remember his sacrifice that he made to us regularly. He never told us to remember his birthday. But we do a great job of remembering his birthday. But he did tell us to remember his death, burial, and resurrection. And one of the ways we remember his death, burial, and resurrection is through the waters of Baptism. And if you've never been baptized, publicly declared your faith in Christ through the waters of baptism, I want to encourage you to make that decision. This is the first step of obedience in a relationship with Jesus. And if you've never done that before and you say that you're saved, my question is why? Those who have been captured by the love of God, are not ashamed to declare their faith in him. And one of the ways we do that is through the waters of baptism. But then the other way we remember his death, burial, and resurrection is through the Lord's Supper. There's nothing else Jesus can do to show you how much he loves you. Our salvation, your salvation, isn't based on your love for him. Your salvation today is based on his love for you. And when we understand that, we can't help but love him back. And love others as well. So I want us to prepare our hearts for the supper this morning. We're going to sing a song of worship. The worship team's going to come up right now. And, uh, I want us to pray and then I want us to, to sing. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to pause and to say thank you for your great love for us. Father, I thank you for the significance of this weekend it reminds us of their sacrifice and it reminds us of yours thank you for showing us from the cross and through through this simple ceremony God how much how much you love us As we prepare for the supper. Lord. Help us not to prepare in an unworthy manner. If there's things in our life. That we need to come clean with. God. I pray that as we offer these prayers to you. You hear them. And you promise. To cleanse. To cleanse. All of our unrighteousness. Thank you Father. For your promise. In Jesus name. Would you stand with me please.